Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello there and welcome to today's episode of Your Ultimate Life. Today is episode 724. And you know, when I started this, I never imagined I'd get up to that kind of number. And eventually we'll get to four digits, thousand. Today I have a special guest, Moira Nigallaher. She is from Ireland. I love her name. And she had to work on me for a while to get it right. But I got a name like Kellen Flukiger, so that's okay. Moira, welcome to the show. Hi, Kellen. Thanks for having me. You're delightfully welcome. And I'm excited. The Ultimate Life podcast was started two and a half years ago. And it's a podcast dedicated to helping people both understand and believe and then to create that ultimate life, which I define as a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy that you create by serving with your divine gifts. How would you define the ultimate life for you, Maura? Um, I think I would define the ultimate life by, I mean, truly making a difference in the world and my world at the same time. I think that in my former nine to five that I was very focused on creating a difference in the lives of the clients. I used to work with uh, young people, Callan. I was a youth worker preventing young people from becoming homeless. And I realized that I was just giving so much to everybody else that my own life felt like it was suffering and it was almost falling apart. So I think that having that balance between your world and um, the world is the key to purpose. A balance. Talk a little bit more about balance. Uh, some people talk about, you know, you keep this and that separate, and it, in the truth, we're one person. So talk a little bit more about the importance of balance and what that made you do. Yeah, and, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship and what, what I feel like I've really built is I've built a business around as much of what I love to help people with in the world and as much about what I love in my world as well, which is traveling being a big part of that but i was able to combine my love of travel with helping people use their voices as their ticket to freedom in their businesses travel um and use their voice now the voice is a really important thing the voice you know in the, in the one sense is you know the larynx and the physical apparatus we have but the voice itself is a much larger construct so i want to dig a little bit more into that balance in a minute but i want you to talk about when you help people with their voice, what does that mean? Mm. Well, I truly believe that entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, especially, that their best and most powerful marketing tool is their own voice. And I think that they don't put any emphasis on developing their own voice in the marketplace. And they just put emphasis on learning every complicated strategy tactic in the book, which really by default, brings them down rabbit holes, doing things that they have no concern doing, and they bypass the simplicity of just using their voice in their business. And for me, that's helping entrepreneurs get on stage with a powerful message and story to really connect with the people that need them the most. 
get on stage with a powerful message and story. So that used to mostly just be in person with the explosion of virtual stuff and a lot of virtual opportunities too. How do you help people who believe that their voice isn't valuable? I help people really dig into the true transformation that they're bringing to the world and make it less about them and how they feel and get them to focus on the transformation they want to help their clients achieve. And often I think entrepreneurs could be so close to it, they can't see it. So they're all caught up in the process and the formulas and the frameworks and things like that, but they're not really focused on the person their client will become as a result of the work that they do. So I really get people to go to the almost reverse engineer to let's go to the person who's worked with you for six months or a year tell me about them what are they like and then it just changes how people see it because then they're more driven to create more results like they would for an ideal client that did all the work and actually achieve the success that they work together to do so often people have a fear that it, whatever they're doing especially coaches and i love coaches by the way i call coaching the people encouragement business you know that's one of the names i have like a dozen of those a motivation mining business and blind spot protection service and a bunch of other ones that i <laughs> that i the, the, yeah i know it's fun anyway one of the things that seems to me like and and i want to hear your thought on this is that people get stuck in the methods and tools and all that cool stuff that because it's an easy distraction mm. it's a thing over here and i can do that thing and i understand it but at the end of the day you know my voice it's about me and so when you help someone visualize a client that they that's done all the work and has been with them a year and achieved the kind of things that they could how do you help someone who's fearful to trust that they have the both the presence the energy and the love ultimately to help someone do those things so that they have the kind of confidence that they need to have a powerful projecting voice when they come into the marketplace mm. how do you help them well, with I that think, fear yeah i think the the fear around that is often because they don't have the right tool set to do it or they don't have you know the the pieces that they're going to need to make that happen so that they mm -hmm. can have confidence in that and I think trusting themselves is really bringing people to the awareness that often the reason people don't trust themselves is because they've broken the, their word to themselves so many times that they can't trust a word that they're saying. So it really comes down to them committing to being the person that they need to be in order to create the results for other people. And by helping them focus on them becoming the person that then in turn helps them get out there and help more people because they've become the person who can help. And that for me truly starts with making a decision and really staying true to your own word. That's how people trust themselves. Um, one of the things that I, I love that, and I want you to talk a little bit more about this self-trust, because we do, a story that I tell, is we, we've lost the meaning and feeling of our word in the world. And you know that because when someone says to, yeah, I'll be there, it comes with a caveat that means, comma, if I remember, comma, if I still feel like it, comma, if I don't get a better offer, comma, and if you don't piss me off between now and then. And those four things are the caveats that are unspoken. But if any of those happen, I either forgot or I got a better offer, or you made me mad or I don't feel like it. And someone says, oh, I couldn't come because, and they say so. We're just sort of supposed to, oh. And when someone really wants you to believe, they'll say stuff like, no, no, I swear, and they'll add all this other stuff, right? And yet you're talking about being your 
word. I want you to talk about that because I think that is foundational, fundamental, and understanding that we lie to ourselves and we need to stop that if we want to do anything important is important. So I want you to talk a little bit more about that. Mm, yeah, I think that people are living in a story, really, that's sabotaging their lives. And I'm sure that you can relate to that. And it's, you know, to add, it, it can come down to something as simple as what type of questions are you asking yourself on a day to day basis? Like, are you telling yourself you can't do something or asking yourself, how can I do this? Uh, what if this does work for me, that we're in this default setting that something is not going to work? And I think often with entrepreneurs, that just needs to be disrupted and have them commit to asking themselves more powerful questions and create a new story. Like one of the retreats I do, I do two international retreats a year, Kellen, the last one was in Valencia. And it, we started the retreat the last time by getting people to write a new story for themselves. And I swear within the first hour of the retreat, it was like we were in a room with completely different people because we spent the first hour recreating the story that they had been telling themselves up until they got into that room. And then the challenge then becomes in staying true to the word of what they've just said. And I think people will stay true to the words of what they've said if they understand what the consequences are. And if you can put them in the story of what if you stick to your word and what if you don't? And it's literally a choice then. And I don't think that people give themselves enough choices. But when you can look at the story of success and what you really want to create and the impact that you want to have, and then you look at the story and what if you don't do this, then I think it's easier for people to make a conscious decision because they can actually visualize what will happen. And they want to, they want to do that. And then it comes down to then who do you need to be in order to get there? And uh, I just remember that moment in that room, like it was at the first break and I was just like, okay, who are you people? You're completely different at this last hour because they're all up sharing their stories of who they're going to become. So that's what I would say about that. I love that. And I've created a little thing called the success cadence to help people with this lying to themselves. And that's really simple. It's simply, I said it, I did it. I said it, I did it. I said it, I did it. And if they have a habit of setting these big goals and then not completing them or lying to themselves, essentially, although we don't call it that, I just tell them, I'll shrink the goal. Get into the cadence of, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it, no matter what. And pretty soon you'll be a person that you can trust. You know that whatever comes out of your mouth, you're going to do. And then that kind of, then you, then you become that person and that helps with that initial process. So I call that the success cadence. I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it, I said it, I did it. And if you're not doing fine, shrink the goal. I don't even care. Just get started. I said it, I did it to start with, with anything. That's, that's pure genius, Callum, because it's coming out of their, their mouth. So if it's coming out of their mouth, they have to believe it. That's what, one of the fundamental things that I've learned about working with entrepreneurs. It's not enough that I say it. You need to say it because if you say it, you're going to believe it. Well, that's simple enough that they repeat it back. And a lot of times when we're messing Facebook messenger in between with clients, you know, one of them will say, well, I said it, I did it. I said it, I did it. And that's easy to remember, right? And so they do that and then they count the times. And pretty soon that then becomes the majority of times and all the rest of that, you know, falls away and you make it okay to shrink the goal. I don't care. Start anywhere, right? Nathaniel Brandon, that shrink, he wrote the book about personal responsibility. And his question was always, well, if you just took 3% more responsibility for your sales, just 3%, what would that look like? Well, you know, one more phone call. Well, can you do that? Well, probably. Okay, good. You know, 3% in a month is 90%. So it's not that, it's not that complicated, but it's sometimes hard. Uh, so I want... 
That's Please. what they say about the, the the things that seem simple. Like we won't do them because it seems so damn simple. Why would I do that? So you're a person who is create in our little conversation beforehand. It's clear that you're living a life that you enjoy and you travel and had a retreat in Valencia. And that's wonderful. I want you to talk about how you got there because people often look at someone and they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay for them. They must've had lucky money breaks. They knew somebody, somebody, whatever they say. Right. How did this, how did you get to a place where you feel like you're living that ultimate, that life that you designed? Mm, yeah, I would say I did it by making every mistake in the book and then making a point of not making those mistakes a second time. I um, I fell into speaking. I certainly didn't, you know, go to Toastmasters. They practically kicked me out of Toastmasters because I spoke so fast. But um, I found an opportunity to speak and I could see the impact and also how much I enjoyed it and also how much it challenged me. And then I chose, this was going to be my one thing. This is going to be the one way that I'm going to grow my business. And at first, Kellen, I decided that I wanted to see Ireland because I had not lived in Ireland for like 15 years when I started my business. Moved back home in the middle of a recession. Um, asked for an opportunity to speak in my local area. And at, from asking the host at that event, do you know of any other opportunities for me to speak in Ireland? She gave me three other counties. And I thought, oh my gosh, this would be a great way to see Ireland. And I could help entrepreneurs in the process. So I came up with this idea called Waking the Giants and that I was going to create a speaking tour of Ireland called Waking the Giants, that I was going to find rooms in every county. And in the process, I was going to get to see my own country that I had never seen before. And it was literally from doing that and setting my heart to doing that there's 26 counties in Ireland. I ended up speaking on 19 and my business crossed the six figure mark after that. And then I started to speak on bigger stages, but it was the decision to focus on that that helped me do that. And there was many times that I got on stage and I was like, my heart was in my mouth and my body was shaking. And I was like, what am I doing? But I just kept going. And then I was able to look back and say, well, what worked, what didn't work? I just fixed everything that didn't work for the next time I got on stage, but I didn't stop getting on those stages. And I think that's what helped me grow my business as fast as I did. And to really maintain being able to speak on stages all this time for the last seven years. Sounds like I said it, I did it to me. So good for you. Um, and, and now what's happened? So you, you started out with a tour of Ireland. You spoke on 19 of 26 counties stages for what kind of events? Mostly um, entrepreneurial events. Um, uh -huh. My focus was really women, and then sometimes they were mixed with some men as well, but mostly small local networking groups that had between 30 and 50 people. And then there were maybe once a quarter, there was a bigger conference. But I you only, and this is really important for anybody who's thinking about speaking on bigger stages. I think people set their sights on speaking, but then they kind of shoot themselves in the foot by wanting to jump on a bigger stage. And the truth is most people aren't ready for a big stage, but they can be ready for the big stage by finding those smaller stages, getting good, getting known. And usually the bigger stages come with an invitation, right? That's any big stage that I've ever gotten is because somebody was in a small room who had a big room down the line. So that's how I was able to do that. Well, that's fantastic. And I love the fact that you said your, you know, your heart was in your mouth and you had all the typical fears and there's a ton of ways to do different things. You chose speaking. So I wanted to get to a fundamental question. There's a lot of hype online and everywhere that says, Oh, do what you dream do what you love and the money will follow and make money while you sleep and everything that makes it all sound 
easy or whatever. And, and then people try and they don't and they fail and around and around they go and umpteen zillion dollars are spent on all this stuff. So when you think about the ultimate life where you love your life every day, you, you just can't wait to the day and everything is just beautiful. Do you think actually it's possible to live the ultimate life or is that just hype? It's 100% possible. And I think it all comes down to three things for me. I think that the dream has to come first. So it's dream, decide, reside for me. So you have a, you just, you have a dream. Then you've got to get so crystal clear on what that dream is. And then you can't help but make a decision that you want to make it happen because you can see it and you can feel it and you can taste it. And for me, it was often I have a dream of speaking on stage in Australia or I have a dream of speaking on, on stage in New York. And then when the dream is there and then you make the decision around it, then you can reside in that for as long as possible. And for me, that was going and living in other locations like Bali. I went there for like six months. I lived in uh, Australia for three months. But really, these were all dreams that I made a decision on. So those are those three things, I think, are absolutely key to that. And I think people don't give themselves permission to dream big enough. They think they have the word just in those sentence sentences like I just want enough to this or I just want to pay off my debt. And how is that ever going to get you excited or make you driven towards creating something? So I'm a huge fan of getting my clients to really dream big of what you know, what would this look like if you could create the ultimate life for yourself? And they often surprise themselves that it's not actually that big a deal. But when they actually get it get it out of their mouths and actually put it onto put it onto paper, then it's actually well, hold on a minute, this is actually quite doable. But it seems like this whole big thing in their head. So that's what I would say to that: the dream comes first, then you decide that you're going to make it happen, and then you reside in that decision. So that means you get super specific about what you're doing, where you're going, and when you're going, and how much money it takes. And I would say this as well: I think people think that it's they need money to make their dreams come true. And I do not believe that because I have never made one of my dreams come true because I had a stack of money in my bank account. It was always because I made a decision. And from making the decision, then it was the money would be created in the, in, in the act of me making that decision. I, I love that. And I love the fact that you added that point because as a coach, I, and I'm sure you often hear, well, I just need this or I can't because of that. And they list either obligations or time or whatever as the excuse to hide behind and deciding, articulating. I mean, you, you, I, we, we create our lives out of what we speak, mm. whether it's external or internal dialogue. We literally, literally speak our lives into existence. And your decision, when declared with firmness and resolve, has creative power. Mm. And so there you've said, I made these decisions and the money showed up or opportunities to make it. It didn't land and come in an Amazon package. Hi, <laughs> here's a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand dollars because you want an X. And so that decision, uh, how did you... What brought you from the place of not knowing that to realizing the power of a decision or declaration that it literally has creative power and things follow? What happened? Mm, I think it was a lot of people were asking me, how did I find the international opportunities to speak on stages? And I felt like people 
were thinking that it was costing me a lot of money to do this. And in actual fact, if I if I wanted to go to New York or somewhere, all I really needed was a plane ticket, which is like, what, three, four hundred dollars. That's not a lot, but I'm making my dream come true from that. But then what that would create is specificity. So then I have, would have a date and a location. So if I knew I was going to be in New York in July of 2023 or whatever, then I can start looking at, well, what can I build into my business to make this a, a really worthwhile trip and then have my business fuel my life as opposed to me fueling my business. And I realized that this was something that I was doing on a regular basis. And then I turned it into a framework where I teach my clients how to do, to do that with their speaking as well. And that's really how I've been able to build a speaking business that has me traveling around the world. But um, yeah, I think people, I think that it's the dream that drives the decision. So once you make that decision, then the money is going to come. And it's not, and it's not always about having 10,000 or 20,000 in the bank to make it happen. It's you become the person who's going to decide that you can have this and you deserve this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm slowing down on purpose because you're touching something that, quite frankly, most people don't talk about that is key. And it's something that allowed me to make extraordinary and dramatic changes and do some things that some people think are impossible. And that is you decide to become the person. Mm-hmm. People ask me a lot, oh, well, do you coach this and do you coach that? And have you ever coached this? And what I tell them is this, look, people come to me for all kinds of reasons. Build the business, I teach speaking on stage as well, but I haven't made a business out of it just because I haven't. Uh, they come to me for music. I probably I, can do that as well. There'll be another book coming out with speaking on stages soon then. Well, I, you know, I, here's the funny thing. I spoke a lot as a, an executive in the, in the industry when I did that around the world. I spoke a lot of places. I was a big, big dog, which made me able to afford the things that I said before. But I didn't, when I got to speaking that was, you know, about me and coaching and this transformation stuff, that was scary to start with. But anyway, you're talking about being. And every time someone comes to coach, they want actions to take. Uh, if I do this, then I'm going to get that. And what they, what we finally get to in a month or two or three or six, depends on how quick they want to tell the truth. The only thing that matters is, are you willing to be the person that creates this? And who you're being is everything. And so I couldn't resist the opportunity to jump up and down and applaud when you were making that point because of how critical that is. Mm, because it, like who you're being dictates dictates what you do and the way you do what you do and what you do is going to dictate what you have so if you can't be the person you can't do the thing that you need to do and if you can't do the thing you can never have what you want and, and so the being and they jump to the have to the doing and the having and they think that's the key and when if you sit down with an entrepreneur who wants to make a million dollars in their business and they're like i want the plan and if you start with who they are everything then becomes easier because it's easier to become the person than to learn what you need to do to have the thing that you want especially if what you need to do is not aligned with who you are right now mm. So there's a picture that I use, and I don't know why I use this, but it's just my fingers together like this for those watching and not watching the video. And if, if, if you're uh, not healthy, let's say someone's unhealthy, overweight or something, and they look over there and they say, I want to be, uh, be healthy, I want to lose whatever, some kind of weight. 
And so they think, I got to make myself do this white knuckle regime to throw away this food and exercise or do whatever it is. And so they twist. And then they have a white knuckle ride because they've disconnected who they are in their heart, their mind, which is an out of shape, overweight, unhealthy person with bad habits. And they're going to white knuckle their way through making these things happen. And if you change who you're being, then you're not disconnected and it's not a white knuckle ride. Um, There's a story about that, but I don't want to talk too much. So I, I might tell it in a minute that I, that I discovered in a, interesting way but anyway so that is a key principle be do have is the order be and then do and then have and people want to have do be they have something which makes them allowed to do something and then they get to be happy powerful cool or whatever it is be do have is the right order one of the things you mentioned earlier is about getting help and you talked about getting coaching and stuff like that i want you to talk about that because everybody in the universe hangs out their shingle and says they're a dog biscuit coach or a life coach or a whatever and people get jaded and scared and people do whatever they do yet you found that to be valuable as have i can you talk about your choices to to invest in yourself in that way yeah absolutely it, it really came down to seeing somebody doing something that I wanted to do and doing it at such a level of mastery that I would be like, oh my gosh, could I ever do that? And seeing that somebody actually has a system and a way of doing that and, and a way of being. And I was like, could I take who I am and do that? And I think it's really important to, to share with everybody. Like growing up, Kellen, the words I heard the most were shut up stop talking. You've said enough now, leave the classroom. And I literally spent most of my classroom years standing outside the door in a cold corridor in a school in Donegal because I was in trouble for talking too much. There was literally a point in my teenage life that I thought I was cursed because all Moira did want to do was talk, right? And I remember one day I'm standing in the corridor and this teacher comes like marching down the hallway and I thought oh my god he's going to see me now and I'm going to be in trouble again and he stopped and he looked at me and he said oh there you are again outside for talking too much and he said Moira you know you're never going to make anything of your life if all you want to do is talk and I'll never forget that moment so when I'm driving by my car my school and my like Range Rover these days and I'm looking at that school I am laughing my head off to myself because when I was at those events watching people doing something I wanted to do that was haunting me because I was like who are you to speak and when I started speaking I say my heart was in my mouth because from speaking for so for so long the biggest breakthrough I had was I was waiting for somebody to tell me to shut up and leave the room the little girl in me was that's a precious revelation. And the qu- answer to the question, whenever you ask yourself, who am I to whatever it is, and I'm not talking to you, Myra, but wh- whenever you ask yourself, who am I to do this and that, the answer really is, who are you not to? Yeah. Who made that rule? End of story, end of conversation. If your heart says do it, get up and do it. I don't care if you fall on your face. So what? Wipe the dirt off and get up anyway. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. I've been done preaching. But anyway, <laughs> so that, that is that is interesting. Um, this being, there's a little story I do want to tell. When I was busy working on, after 35 years of never being seen and never for depression, I struggled for 35 years un- undiagnosed, untreated, but destroyed in my life. I saw a shrink and all kinds of crazy stuff. One of the things we did was shamanic breath work. 
And he was a kind of a weird alternative dude, PhD forensic psychologist. He had long hair and a ponytail, ponytail, and he was an ex-biker, an ex-drug addict. Oh, by the way, PhD forensic psychologist. Okay, he can help me. So on the floor, I'm doing this breath work, and during those times, you get into a really altered state of consciousness and have all kinds of visions and crazy stuff. And so I saw, I had this conversation with this Hindu-looking goddess, the the big flowery ones that are all colored and stuff. But anyway, she said to me this thing and I woke, I got out of the trance and he always asked me, so what did you see and what did you learn? And we always pick something ahead of time. And he said, all right, sounds like you should take that to the mat. So that would be the thing I thought about. So what she said was this, and this plays right into what you said before. From the place of being, the doing becomes trivial. And when I said that to him, he was sitting in his little office chair and I was still sitting on the floor and he spun around so fast his head snapped and he said, can I use that? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I wanted to just agree and emphasize that. I love that. My next uh, uh, sentence is, can I use that too? (laughs) Yes, you may, because it's true. It's hardcore, straight up truth. From the place of being. The doing is trivial because it's who you are. And that's this. If you if you change who you're being, I'm now an in-shape, powerful person, then you no longer want to do this stuff. And you don't it's not a white knuckle ride. You have you have become that. And so, well, of course I do that. Of course I get up. Of course I walk more. Of course I exercise and do floor stuff if I don't want to go to the gym or whatever. Of course I don't eat that crap. I'm not that. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, yeah, it came into me in a very interesting way. And I have boatloads. That's why I write so many books. But anyway, I would be just wanting really badly for people that watch this to follow you, to get better acquainted, to understand more about your teaching, uh, more about how you help people, more about the love you have for serving, which I can see in your heart and eyes. So how would people best connect with and find out more about your beautiful work? Mm, I think the best way is to join one of my monthly trainings. I do a training called Dial in Your Destiny, where I really break down my five-step speaking framework, but also dig into who you need to become. But I warn people, if you come on Monday, don't expect to be the same person by Friday. (laughs) It is really, it's quite a challenge. And I will have you booking your first or your next stage during that week. But that's really where, you know, during the pandemic, I was like, I wasn't able to travel as much. So I came up with this way with all the people that I'm meeting and all the connections that I'm making online, like how would I be able to serve those people in one place? So I do that monthly challenge now, and that would certainly be the best place for somebody to come if they wanted to know more about my work and hang out with me for a week. Dial in your destiny? Mm -hmm. Yes. Cool. Where would they find that? Is there a Facebook group or a... Uh, URL or something? Your Destiny Challenge is the link. And if you put in Dial in Your Destiny Challenge, you'll find a Facebook group and all sorts of um, links that direct you there. Do you do a lot of challenges? Yeah, well, I do this every month. I've been doing it every month for like 12 months, so I have. But um, And the reason it's called Dial in Your Destiny is because about six months ago, I found out that my name actually means destiny. And I was like, I can't believe that I've gone through four to six years of my life and not knowing that Moira actually means destiny. And I realized that I'm not just helping people build a business. I'm helping people make their dreams come true and become the person they can to make those dreams come true. So I think that 
I want to add one other thing. You were saying something uh, a minute ago and it made me think that, that, you know, when people come and hang out with me during this time, it's complete acceptance of who you are. And if there's something in the world that you really want, if there's a goal that you want to achieve, it doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is. The fact that you see it and want it, you've got to give yourself permission to get the plan in place in order to do it, because that's something that you are destined for. Because if you couldn't see it, you wouldn't want it. And because you can see it, you deserve to have it. So that's what I mean about destiny. So if there's people listening that feel that they're destined for something and they're holding themselves back, then this would definitely be a perfect place to come and play and have fun and, yeah, come up with a plan at the end as well. I love it. Give yourself permission. That is so often a barrier. Well, it's delightful, delightful to have shared your heart, your intention, your courage, and your programs and possibilities with people. If you if you wanted to issue one statement or invitation uh, to close today, what would that be? Um, I think that one thing that I've learned about everything I've done and the action that I've taken in my business, it's not the stuff that I've created. It's not the things that I've done. It's who I've become as a result of that doing. So even, especially when something is hard. So not to focus too much on the work that you need to do, but just focus on who you'll become by making a commitment to do that work. I love that. Thank you for providing that. And again, it's focused on being. Folks, I want you to take advantage and re-listen to this. The focus on being, the invitation she offered to come to see her dial in your destiny is profound and good and i'm grateful to have her here i can promise you that if you listen to this take it to heart and give yourself permission that you will be in a position to create your ultimate life thank you for listening to today's episode we hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart.